Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would speak with clarity, speak with direction, speak with purpose tonight. I pray that as I pour into these leaders tonight, that they would exit this time feeling refreshed. They'd exit this time uh, feeling rejuvenated. And not just the feeling, but they would leave with practical tools to be their very best. And so we thank you for it now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, listen, guys. Again, you can get to tonight's uh, the time of this recording is actually during our conference call, but you can also get this on our podcast. And so you literally will get it right from our podcast. I encourage you to subscribe to that. Right through iTunes. You can also do it from our website at harvardsearch.church. And as I already mentioned, you can also get what we call life-giving messages. You can also get those right there also on our uh, on our website, too, and uh, at harvardsearch.church, or you can get our app. That's actually the best thing you can do uh, at the time of this recording, the simplest way to get our app is to text the word HARVEST to the phone number 59769. And uh, when you text HARVEST to 59769, it'll give you the ability uh, to do that. So want to be able to do that. We pray. I want to encourage you on a couple of things before we get into the meat of tonight's talk which is going to be really good, uh, your testimonies. Guys, I love hearing your testimonies. I love hearing about how God is working in the lives of people that are connected to or receiving from Harvest. And so tonight we've got pastors that are on uh, and leaders that are connect- part of Harvest. We've got those that are not. We've got entrepreneurs, executives, creatives. We've got a little bit of everything and everybody that's on, on our calls. And so we're very grateful for that. Now let me say this. In all of that, it's super important that we hear the fruit that's happening in your lives. I want to know how you're being blessed. I want to know how you're being impacted. I want to know. So please do that. Uh, and, uh, you, again, the simplest way to do it, text HARVEST to 59769, literally the word HARVEST, the phone number 59769. When you do that, you'll be able to hop right in through our app and uh, get our app. And then from the app, you can click on the button that says praise reports and send in your praise reports. I want to hear what God's doing in your life. But there's some great praise reports. I just want to read a few of them. Uh, these are some very recent ones. Um, as you know, if you've been connected to uh, me for any amount of time, you know that we move uh, very strongly in uh, apostolic and prophetic ministry. And so you know, we believe very strongly in the power of prophecy. Of course, we believe in the authority of the word and teach and preach the word of God. But listen, we also believe and um, prophecy, the rhema of God. The logos of God is great, uh, and the rhema of God is also very necessary. Here's a couple. Rhema means what God is saying right now based on what he's already said. So there is no prophecy without the establishment of the word, just FYI. Now, it says this. Uh, here's one. Shalom, sir, you spoke this past Sunday that God was getting – this is yesterday, and this praise report is from today, that God was getting ready to make our name great, and that's exactly what he's doing. With overwhelming excitement, my coworkers – 
got in contact with me the day that I've been chosen for a position that a, this is a military individual, that a first sergeant overlooked two staff sergeants just to give me. I need you to hear what was just said. They overlooked two others to give me, overlooked two others that were of higher rank to give me. I just need you to know, even before we get into tonight's talk, you're in your year of manifestation. That means you are in a year of fruitfulness. You're in a year of results. You're in a year of the ending of a cycle. You are in the year of where you are birthing something, which means you're going to finally see what you've been uh, saying. You're going to possess what you've been praying for, uh, and you are going to watch this have in your hands what it is that you have had to labor for. That's the year you're in, manifestation. I need you to write that word down, type that word in. As a leader, you need to know you're in a year of manifestation. This is not a year where you're going to talk about it. This is a year where you're going to get it done. This isn't going to be a year of analysis. This is going to be a year of action. This isn't just going to be a year of planning. This is going to be a year of possession. I need you to understand that. It says this. He stated he believed that only I could fill the position the way it needed to be filled. And uh, it goes on, goes into some more details. It says, thank you, so your words do not fall to the ground. Life and death are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat its fruit. Here's another one. Just Shalom, Bishop and Harvest, last night on Command Your Week. That's our prayer time. That's why I encourage you to get on our prayer time. It says, you instructed us to type in our prayer request. I pray that I will receive an answer today instead of getting the runaround as I've been waiting to hear back to receive a raise for my job. Well, sir, this morning my supervisor called me into her office to let me know I received a $4,000 raise effective March 1st. Hashtag faithful givers flourish. So many great testimonies, guys, and I encourage you. I want to hear yours. As a leader, I like to know the fruit of those that are being impacted by what I'm doing. So please, would you do that? Leaders, don't expect your followers to do something that you won't do. So it's very important, please, that you do that. And that last one speaks about giving. I also want to encourage you, if you haven't sown into harvest, I want to encourage you to do it. We're, we're more than good ground, I can tell you that. Uh, one, uh, because the favor of God is upon harvest in a great way. It is a ministry and movement in which we're seeing God do incredible things in a place where they say it shouldn't be done. You know, Denver is 46 out of 50 for church attendance in the nation. The state of Colorado is 4% African American. Why is that important? Because church, our church is diverse. It's not just blacks. It's, it's every race, every background, every age, multicultural multi-generational. And I think that's so amazing that God's doing it, and he's doing it in a place where the numbers don't make sense. It doesn't make sense how it's happening, but God is doing it. So when you sow into good ground, you can expect to see a harvest. And watch this. You can expect to see accelerated harvest when the quality of the soil is better. I need you to hear me clearly. You can expect accelerated harvest when the ground in which you're sowing it, when that ground is, is good ground. So I encourage you to do that. If you want to see miracles, you've got to sow into a ministry um, that's producing miracles. If you want to do the unusual, you've got to sow into a ministry that's doing the unusual. If you want to be debt-free, you've got to sow into a ministry that's doing debt-free. Are you catching me? So I encourage you to do that, leader. And uh, the simplest way to do that, you can go to our website, harvestchurch.church forward slash give. You can do it that way. I made reference to our app already. You can do it that way, too, by texting the word HARVEST uh, to 59769. You can do it that way. If you want to do it by snail mail, some people still like to mail checks and money orders. No problem with that. They call it snail mail, so you can do it that way. And uh, PO Box 441004, Aurora, Colorado, 844. Or then finally, text to give, which is my favorite way to give. You can just text the amount. So if you want to give, you know, say $1,000, $100, $500, I know you're very blessed, so maybe you want to do $10,000, $20,000, whatever, all right, what you can do, and you sow in proportion to how you want to receive, 
you can do that. Just text the amount to 84321. When you do that, it's going to give you a little link, and uh, you'll put in the zip code 812. That's where our rural campus is located, 812. And then you'll see the Harvest V, and you'll know that's where you want to be. So text the amount. So let's just say $10,000. You put in 10000 to the phone number 84321. When you do that, you're going to get a little link. It's going to say look up the church. When you're looking up the church, just put in the zip code 812. When you put in 812, you'll see the Harvest Church V, and you'll know that's where you want to be. Click on that. When you see that V, that's how you know you're giving to Harvest Church. So I want to make sure that you are mindful of that. Also, Cash App. Tons of people are using Cash App now. So if you want to get through Cash App, you can do it, dollar sign. Uh, you know how has Cash App works, dollar sign, Bishop Foreman. If you want to do it directly to me, F-O-R-E-M-A-N, if you want to do it to the church, it's dollar sign Harvest Church Give. I'm going to give it to you one more time. Then we're going to get into tonight's talk, uh, leadership talk and empowerment talk. Uh, it is dollar sign Bishop Foreman, B-I-S-H-O-P-F-O-R-E-M-A-N, or dollar sign Harvest Church Give. All right, guys, let's get into it tonight. I want to talk tonight to empower you and to pour into you as a leader. And again, I think this is so important because as a leader, it is super, super important that you are poured into you to, into and you are developed. It takes iron to sharpen iron. So you need, if you're a person of strength, and that's who I believe you are, if you're a leader of strength, you have also got to be a leader, watch this, who is strengthened by a leader of strength. I'm going to say it again. It takes iron to sharpen iron. So if you are a leader, a business owner, a pastor, an executive, whatever, of strength, then it takes a person of strength to pour into you. Somebody that's weak can't pour into you because they don't know what it is that you need. Somebody that doesn't have uh, the foresight to anticipate areas of weakness for a person that is a strong person, they're not going to have the capacity to pour into you. So that's why I believe that you're connected to Harvest. And, again, whether you're part of our uh, Fellowship of Churches, which is becoming our leadership network, and let me just tell you a little bit about that as we're getting into tonight's talk. What we're doing is currently the Harvest Fellowship of Churches serves many pastors and churches as spiritual covering, leadership, guidance, direction. What we're doing is evolving that into the Harvest Leadership Network. There are seven spheres of society that I want uh, to have great influence in. Influencers need to be influenced. And so what my call is is not just to those that our church uh, leaders, and it certainly is that, but to those that are business leaders. There's seven areas of society, right? So you got business. There's business leaders, they, business influencers who need to be influenced. There's media. There's media leaders that need to be influenced. Arts and entertainment. There's arts and entertainment leaders that need to be influenced. Family. They're family leaders, those that help shape the dynamics of family uh, in, throughout the, our nation and around the world that need to be influenced. Um, education. There are educators that need to be influenced. Got it? Government. There's government leaders that need to be influenced. And then, of course, church. There's church leaders that need to be influenced. So that's why we're doing the Harvest Leadership Network, so that we have the opportunity to influence the influencers. So that's why we're evolving it, so that every, all of those seven areas are being influenced. And let me tell you, let me give you scripture behind why we're doing that. The scripture says uh, in Revelation eleven fifteen, it says, and the seventh angel sounded his trumpet. Now, seven is the biblical number that deals with completion. So it says, in the completion of things. In the completion of things, uh, the angel sounded, and there was voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Check it out, y'all. The kingdoms of this world. What is he referring to? Those seven areas I just gave you. 
the kingdom of media, the kingdom of the church, all of these seven areas are, in fact, kingdoms, if you will. And the Bible says that these kingdoms have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and, and we shall reign forever and ever. I need you to hear me. And he, and he shall reign forever and ever. And so when you understand this principle, um, then what we want to do is have influence in those areas so that we are taking those areas over for the Lord. So that's the whole uh, Bible behind why we are doing that from the Harvest Fellowship of Churches to the Harvest uh, Leadership Network. Uh, again, we will continue to serve pastors and churches and, and absolutely do that and do that in a great way. But we also want to make sure that we're speaking to influencers that maybe don't fit in one of those areas, but they are still leaders. All right, All right guys, let's jump into tonight's leadership talk. I want to talk tonight uh, really uh, specifically about uh, uh, leadership, leadership, leadership. <laughs> okay, duh, Bishop, that's what the call is about. I got it. Um, I want to talk to you about developing the influencer in you, developing the influencer in you. That's what I want to talk to you about tonight, developing the influencer in you. Now, uh, in developing the influencer in you, uh, I want you to know uh, a couple of things. The first thing uh, that you are an influencer. When you look at leadership, leadership really deals with influence. And there's a few scriptures that I want to read. I want to read them to you from the New Living Translation, and then I want to jump into our talk tonight. It says, why then does my suffering continue? Why is my wound so incurable? Your help seems as uncertain as a seasonal brook, like a spring that has gone dry. This is Jeremiah talking to God, y'all. Verse 19, this is how the Lord responds. If you return to me, I will restore you. Now, wait a minute. He's a leader. In fact, he's a prophet. And God says to him, if you return to me, I will restore you so you can continue to serve me. If you speak good words rather than worthless ones, you will be my spokesman. You must influence them. Do not let them influence you. Verse 20, they will fight against you like an attacking army, but I will make you as secure as a fortified wall of bronze. They will not conquer you, for I am with you to protect and to rescue you, I, the Lord, have spoken. Wow. I'm going to read those verses again. This is Jeremiah 15, 18 through 20. I'm talking about developing the influencer in you. Verse 18, why then does my suffering continue? Jeremiah is asking God a question. Where, why is my wound so incurable? <clears throat> Your help seems as uncertain as a seasonal brook, like a spring that's gone dry. If you're a leader, you've experienced exactly where Jeremiah is at. He says, I, I feel like I'm suffering. I've got wounds that seem like they never heal, and your help seems uncertain. Wow. Let's tell the truth, leaders. We've all been there. Verse 19, this is how God responds. If you return to me. So evidently, Jeremiah, as a leader, was leading, but he had drifted from God. I need you to know as a leader tonight that you can be leading. You can be a pastor. You can be a bishop. You can be a prophet. Uh, you can be at the top of an organization. You can be at the top of a church, and you can depart from God and not know it. He says, if you return to me, I will restore you so you can continue to serve me. If you speak good words rather than worthless ones, you will be my spokesman. You must influence them. Do not let them influence you. I want you to write this question down. Who's influencing me? I want you to write that question down. Who's influencing me? You must influence them. Do not let them influence you. They will fight against you like an attacking army, but I will make you as secure as a fortified wall of bronze. They will not conquer you, for I am with you to protect and to rescue you. 
I, the Lord, have spoken. Now, as we talk about this, biblically, leadership was created to relieve the burden of a senior leader. Anybody can create problems. Only leaders can solve them. Leadership is an awesome privilege, but the desire to be a leader isn't the competence to be one. Some people want to be leaders, but they're not competent. They don't have the, the infrastructure internally to be a leader. Leadership is about action, not just conjecture. Leadership solves problems. Leadership serves. Leadership is getting people to get things done. Leadership doesn't necessarily have to know how to do everything. Leadership knows how to get everything done. And, and lastly, what we're dealing with today is leadership influences. Leadership, hear me, y'all, is not limited to a title or position nor academic pedigree, although those things are important. See, you can be a leader without a title but have a title and not be a leader because leadership is defined by what you do. I'm going to say it again. Leadership is defined by what you do. You're not just a leader because you have the title of a leader. In fact, some people have titles, and their title is nothing more uh, in um, in, uh, there's something called a titular bishop, which means that they are nothing more than a bishop by title because they don't actually exercise the authority of a bishop. Got it? So what happens is you can be a titular leader, which means you have the title, but somebody else on the team is actually the one getting things done. Hear me. You can be a person with a title, but somebody else on the team is getting something done. Some of you, you feel that way about various areas of life that you're in. You don't have the title of leadership. But, uh, 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 but you're the one that's getting things done. See, leadership starts with understanding influence because a leader is really a person uh, that exerts influence, a person that exerts influence. Influence is the capacity or power of a person to be a compelling force on or produce efforts on the actions, behavior, and opinions of others. I gave you a long definition, so I'm going to give it to you again. Here it is. Influence is the capacity or power of a person to be a compelling force on or produce effects on the actions, behavior, and opinions of others. Catch this. Leadership uh, uh, is the ability, watch this, to be a force on somebody that produces a change in their action. So you're an influencer when somebody acts differently because of you. You're an influencer when someone changed their behavior because of you. You're an influencer when someone changes their opinion because of you. And you need to know as a leader there's an influencer in you. You carry more weight than you think. And as Christians, we're supposed to be chain, bring change to the mess around us, not let it make us messy. I'm going to say it again. As leaders, as influencers, and frankly as Christians, we're supposed to bring change to the mess around us, not let, us, not let it make us messy. How many leaders have become messy because they lead messy people? How many leaders have become messy because they have to clean up messes? How many leaders have become lazy because they lead lazy people? See, you're reversing the polarity of influence, okay? Jeremiah has this interesting conversation with God in the verses we read. The chapter that we read begins with God telling Jeremiah to deliver a grim message to God's people. The message he had wasn't of hope. It was that God was no longer going to be favorable to his people. Think about, think about the, the, the gravity of the message, y'all. Jeremiah isn't going to prophesy and to tell the people, hey, guys, I, am, um, I have got something great to tell you. Jeremiah is going to the people to tell the people, hey, uh, I don't have anything good to tell you. In fact, God's not going to favor you anymore. Can you imagine how unpopular that message is? I want to deal with this for a moment. <clears throat> As a leader, you need to make a choice right now. Do you want to be popular or effective? You need to make that choice right now. Do you want to be popular or effective? 
because sometimes the popular isn't the most effective. Just because people know you doesn't mean people are influenced by you, okay? Jeremiah was going to deliver an unpopular message, right? When Jeremiah is told what to say, he literally has a pity party and says, woe is me, all of these people of yours are crazy. When I try to tell them about it, they curse me. And they have a riveting exchange. And God says he's going to take care of Jeremiah, but he essentially tells Jeremiah he wasn't using what he gave him the way he told him to use it. Here's what God essentially was saying to Jeremiah. I gave you influence, Jeremiah, but you're giving me excuses. As a leader, you've got to make a choice right now that you're not going to do excuses anymore. No more excuses for why you didn't meet the goal. No more excuses for why it didn't happen. No more excuses for why you didn't get it done. No more excuses for why you keep tolerating that underperforming person on your team. See, God was telling Jeremiah, I gave you influence and you're giving me excuses. One of the greatest signs of a leader that has drifted from the very essence of leadership is when they begin to give excuses when they need to begin evolving. I need you to write down, right now, I refuse to give any more excuses about anything not just in what you lead, but in your life. See, it's going to be difficult for you to not give excuses for what you lead if you constantly give excuses for your life. I need you to hear that. God has placed you where he's placed you, that the time he placed you there to be an influencer and produce effects on the actions, behaviors, and opinions of others. We're not supposed to be thermometers just reading the temperature. We're supposed to be thermostats setting the temperature, which is why for many of you, a lot of the situations you've been placed in as a leader, they have been situations that have, uh, have been cold situations where you've got to bring life to them. They've been dead situations. You've got to bring life. They've been cold. You've got to bring heat. That's leadership. If you want it easy, get out of leadership. If you don't want to have to deal with some challenges, you don't need to be a leader. Like, get, get out to somebody that knows what to do with it because that's what leadership is about. See, if you want to call the shots, you're going to have to take the shots. I need somebody right there. That's tweetable. And you're going to call the shots. You're going to have to take the shots, all right? So uh, three things, three things um, that I want to give you. I tell you what, I'll give you, um, I'll give you four. I'll give you four. I'll give you four things that every influencer needs to know. I want to develop the influencer in you. One, don't change your polarity. That means positive, negative. Don't change your polarity. When you're an influencer, you can sometimes be a magnet, and magnets attract. Listen to me. This is going to shout me the opposite of what they are. Woo! When you're an influencer, you can sometimes be a magnet, and a magnet attracts the opposite of what they are. So if you're strong, you attack, oftentimes you will attract weak people. If you are timely, you will often attract untimely people. If you are good, you will often attract people who are not. When you're a winner, you often attract people who are not. You are positive, which means you may attract negative people and even negative situations. Now, not necessarily uh, because something is wrong with you, but because the only solution to a negative is a positive. As a leader, my God, this is good teaching. As a leader, you've got to realize you're the solution to negativity. You're the solution to problems. So you cannot change your polarity such that you are uh, now becoming the situations you're sent to solve. You possess the answer to problems that seem to be attracted to you. Stop cursing them and start solving them. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is not to change polarity because everything around you is negative. Don't let it get you to change. Every negative you confront, God is with you to change it to a positive. I want you to say that with me. Every negative I confront, God is with me to change it to a positive. Say it with me. Every negative I confront, God is with me to change it into a positive. That's number one. 
to develop the influence in you. Don't change your polarity. Just because you're dealing with a crazy person you got to leave, okay, do not let them pull you into crazy land. Are you hearing me? Just because you're dealing uh, with an, un, uh, an inconsistent, excuse me, individual, don't, don't let that make you inconsistent. Don't let temporary people make permanent change on you. Wow. I'm going to say it again. Don't let temporary people make permanent change on you. Here's the second thing. Don't let aggravation cause you stagnation. I'm going to say that again. Don't let aggravation cause you stagnation. Sometimes you have to do what you have to do until you can do what you want to do. And it's in those moments where you can become aggravated. Now, I'm not talking to everybody, but to somebody. You've been going through some major transition, and the major part was seemingly easy, but now you're being bombarded with little annoying, aggravating things that are attempting to wear you down. And I need you to hear me. Don't let what aggravates you stagnate you. Don't get so aggravated that you stop moving forward. Oh, my God, leader, leader, leader. Don't get so aggravated that you stop moving forward. Everything that happens doesn't require a response. There are some things you simply have to say praise the Lord to. Everything that happens doesn't require a response. Okay, number one, number one, don't change your polarity. Number two, don't let aggravation cause you stagnation. Number three, have pronoia. Have pronoia. What's pronoia? Pronoia is the opposite of paranoia. Many leaders are paranoid because they've been hurt. And when you're paranoid, you think everybody's out to get you. You think there's always a conspiracy. You think people are always working to mess with you, to get you, et cetera. What I need you to know is that when you are a leader, please understand me, please understand me, when you are a leader, you can't have paranoia. You've got to have pronoia. Jeremiah had gotten to the point that because he was so used to doing right yet getting wrong that it seems that he had paranoia. He, hear me. He was so used to doing the right things but getting wrong. He was so used to being the help for people that hurt him. He was so used to doing good by people that did him wrong. So he gets paranoia. And paranoia is a thought process believed to be heavily influenced by anxiety or fear, often to the point of irrationality and delusion. Wow. Paranoia is a thought process believed to be heavily influenced by anxiety or fear, often to the point of irrationality and delusion. Paranoid thinking typically includes uh, uh, persecutory beliefs. You think somebody's persecuting you. People are out to get you. Or conspiracy, beliefs of conspiracy concerning a perceived threat about yourself. Everybody's out to get me. People are trying to attack me. People are coming against me. And sometimes it's just pride because you think more highly of yourself than you are. It also comes out through false accusations and general distrust of others. This is paranoia. For example, an incident most people would view as an accident or a coincidence a paranoid person might believe it was intentional. You intentionally didn't speak to me, or maybe I didn't see you. You intentionally didn't, 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 uh, didn't, didn't, didn't do this, or maybe I didn't see you. You intentionally did this, or maybe I didn't see you. As influencers, we can't be paranoid. We must be the opposite. See, pronoia is a neologism. All right? I'm going to spell it for my note takers. N-E-O-L-O-G-I-S-M. It just means it's a new style word. That's all it means. It's defined in psychology as the opposite of the state of mind as paranoia. It has this sense, and this is going to shout you, Lydia. It has this sense that there's a conspiracy in the world that exists to help you. Wow. Hear me. There's a conspiracy in the world that exists to help you. It's the philosophy that the world is set up to secretly benefit the person. I need you to know that the Bible says, Romans 8:28, all things work together for the good of them. And I love how Paul starts the verse because he says, and we know. 
In other words, Paul says, I am pro, I have pronoia. He says, Paul says, I'm not paranoid, I have pronoia. Paul says, I know how to spin things. So if you're talking about me, I must be important. If I'm in a valley, there must be a mountain ahead. If I've been delayed, that means I'm not denied. I'll get there right on time. Everything is working for me, even if it feels like it isn't. Now, that's powerful, leaders, because you can't walk around as a paranoid leader and expect to make progress. Some of you, you have leaders in your organizations, pastors, you've got leaders in your churches that are paranoid. They think everybody's out to get them. Someone's so trying to get me. Somebody. And you're like, baby, you are not that important. Sometimes people get way, way too full of themselves and think that they're that important, that they're the subject of conversations when the truth is they're not. You can't be paranoid and you can't have paranoid people around you. Here's the fourth thing, and then we're done tonight. And this is good. This is good. I wanted to just give you something with some real quick principles tonight uh, to help you as you were coming to at the time of this recording of what will later be our podcast. We're coming to the third month. We're coming to the end of the first quarter of 2019. And the reason I mention the year, they tell you when you're doing podcasts and things, not to mention the year, but, but here's the reason I mention the year, because you're in your year of manifestation. You've got to develop this influence because you don't want to be where Jeremiah was. Jeremiah says to God, he's like, God, I tell you what, I am, I am so angry and frustrated and mad. And you don't seem like you're there. And God says to him, return to me, Jeremiah. Return to me. And then he says, don't let them influence you. Some of you have been influenced by who you're supposed to influence. Which brings you to my fourth and final point. Influencers, watch this, must be influenced by somebody. Okay? Influencers must be influenced by somebody. Who are you influenced by? If you hopped on this call, because this this podcast is being recorded, it's part of a leadership conference call that we're doing. And if you hopped on this call, to get on this call, uh, it's in the evening time, there's something about me that influences you. There's something about me that affects your opinions, that affects your actions, that affects your behavior. So leaders must be influenced. This is so important. You will make unnecessary mistakes if you are trying to do life not being influenced. And, and it's so important to realize, leaders, you're being influenced. So you're either being influenced by your leader and you're being influenced by those that you lead. And if you're being influenced by those that you lead, you're in direct contradiction to the Scripture. The Scripture says, what did we just read in Jeremiah? Influence them. Don't let them influence you. Wow, guys. Okay? How many times as leaders do you say we're going this direction, and then those that you're leading change your direction? That means you've got division. You've got multiple business because the people who are supposed to be being led are now leading you. What happens when you say, okay, this is the direction we're going to go, this is what we're going to get done, this is what we're supposed to do, and then those that you lead have a bad attitude about it. And so now, subsequently, you've changed the course of action based on those individuals. I want to encourage you, leader, realize you need to be influenced. And so in your connection and connectivity to me, however that is, maybe I am your pastor, maybe I am your bishop, uh, maybe I, you view me as a mentor, maybe you view me as a spiritual father. Here, here's the point. The point is you've got to lock into that influence. Why do I need to lock into that influence? Because what did God tell Jeremiah? He says, return to me. Jeremiah is the prophet. And as the prophet, you know, if you have any basic understanding of Scripture, the priest went to, the, to God on behalf of the people. The prophet went to the people on behalf of God in, in those days. Now, what's significant is God said to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, you stop letting me influence you, and you let them influence you. You stop being influenced by a greater 
uh, uh, source and you started being influenced by influenced by a lesser source. Okay, it's so important that as a leader, you are receiving your influence. I'm not talking about ideas because you can get ideas from anybody. I'm not talking about inspiration. You can get inspiration from anybody. I'm not talking about ideology. You can get ideology from anybody. But who influences you? Who exerts force on you that changes your actions, that changes your patterns, and that changes your behaviors? That needs to be somebody that you're not leading. It's somebody that leads you. It's somebody that you can hear from and receive from and then follow. And so you're on this call or listen to this podcast because clearly there's something in me that does that. And all I'm saying to you is don't forsake that. Don't make that common. Don't make that minuscule. Don't play that down. Because if you begin to fail as a leader, it will be because you did what Jeremiah did. You let them influence you. And God, what did God tell Jeremiah? Come back to me. He said, come back to my influence, Jeremiah, because you've lost my influence for theirs. So I want to deal with it on two levels. One, the level I just mentioned, where leaders need to be influenced by somebody. One, if I'm not influenced for you, don't treat that commonly. Don't, don't treat that as something by happenstance. Lock into the messages. Lock into the word. Lock, in, lock into all of these great things and tap into all the resources that we've made available so you can develop and grow. Wouldn't it be a shame to have an influencer and, and not watch this and not take advantage of it? Wouldn't that be a shame? But then secondly, let's go Bible. In the Bible, God said, come back to me. As a leader, it is easy for you to forget God and get busy doing God's work. Wow. I'll say it again. It is easy for you to forget God because you're so busy doing God's work. Do not worship the work of God and stop worshiping the God of the work. Sometimes you're so busy doing ministry that you forget about the Messiah. Sometimes you're so busy doing church that you forget about the conquering king. Sometimes you are so busy doing that. That Jesus is like, you forgot about me. You remember the story in the Bible, and we're done uh, right here. Remember the story in the Bible about Martha and Mary? And the Bible says that one of them was busy. Martha was busy doing much serving. Some people will use that and take it to an extreme. And they'll say, see, this is why you shouldn't serve in church. And this is why you need to you know, do this and do that. That's an extreme. That's not what the Bible is saying. The Bible is saying that when Jesus was in the house, Martha was so busy worrying about everything else that she forgot the most important thing, which was Jesus was in the house. Catch that, guys. Sometimes you can be so busy doing so many things, you forget the most important thing, and that's that Jesus is in the house. Got it? And so if you're a pastor, this is easy to do. If you're a ministry leader, this is easy to do. If you're a business owner, this is easy to do because the business that he blessed you with, maybe it's become your own idol. Maybe your business is doing good, and so you stop going to church. Your business is doing good, so you stop serving. I, I'm too important to serve because I, I got this business. I, I'm too important to serve. I, I got too much going on. I can't serve because I got this business, and God looks at you, and he says, wow. So now let's explain why you have so many complaints against me, complaints like what Jeremiah had. I want to pray for you that tonight you would have the grace for the, lead, for the influence in you to be developed. And, again, I'm going to give you those four points one more time tonight. I know tonight I just kind of talked to you, and that's good. Sometimes as a leader, 
you know, you don't need to you don't need to shout. Sometimes you just need to sit down and receive. All right. So in that, I want to give you those four points one more time. I'm going to give you those four points one more time so that you are able to develop the influencer in you. Here it is. The number one point uh, that I want for us to remember is don't change your polarity. Number two, don't let aggravation cause you stagnation. Number three, have pronoia. Number four, influencers must be influenced by somebody. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray. These incredible world-changing, line-crossing, boundary-breaking leaders. I speak to the influencer in them that they would use the principles they've learned tonight and they've learned even through this podcast to develop themselves. I speak life into them. I speak strength into them. I cover them now with grace. I cover them now with protection. I declare that they would uh, sense a strength rising up on the inside of them to be everything that you've ordained for them to be. Now is the time for the saints of the Most High to rise up and to possess the kingdom. That's what you said we can have. That's who you said we are. We were born for the time that we are needed most, which is right now, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, listen, leaders, do me a favor. You can always call back in if you're on the conference call and listen to the replay and get that podcast. Please do that. If you haven't sown, please make sure that you sow so so that we can continue to do things like this. There's no cost. There's no charge. The podcast is totally free. There's tons of resources we make available for you and, and no cost because of the faithful giving of the people of Harvest. I encourage you to definitely do that and sow into good ground. Again, you know, the methods of that, uh, you can go to harvestsearch.church forward slash give. You can text it to 84321. Text the amount. Input the zip code 812-80012. And when you see the Harvest V, you'll know that's where you want to be. You can cash app at dollar sign Bishop Foreman or Harvest Church Give. And uh, you can also mail it in to P.O. Box 44104, Aurora, Colorado, 844. Best way to get all of that information, because I know I said it a little fast, is to literally, quite literally, go to our website, harvestsearch.church. You can get all the details there. I hope you have a phenomenal week. Please share the word. Get the word out for people. Let's influence as many influences as we possibly can. Let's do it together, guys. Shalom, everybody. Have a great day. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.